Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest is not only gorgeous, she's also a bitch. <laughs> Comedian, actress, writer, and star, please welcome to the mic, Jamie Schreiner. Oh, thank you so much for having me. If you didn't let everybody know I was a bitch, I was going to cry, because that's just like, yeah, huge bitch. Thank you. You just got to start off with truths, like, right off the start, and yeah. then- it's easier. The conversation flows. It's like, honestly, I feel like sometimes when I'm, when I'm doing stand-up shows and the host asks me like, Oh, like what should I say when I bring you up? I'm like, honestly, if you say anything other than she's a huge cunt, I'm going to be really upset. Like, please just make sure that makes it in there. It's like one white guy in a zip hoodie. And he's like, uh, our next comic is, um, a huge cunt. Jamie Schreiner. <laughs> I feel like it's like, and I feel like it's like, I love, I love saying it to the girls, gays, and theys because they get it as a joke and they laugh. But like, yeah, you're right. When I say it to a white man in a hoodie, he like wants to laugh, but he's like, "Am I calling you a cunt if I laugh? Am I gonna get canceled?" I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm joking." We are here to make jokes. I'm here to make a joke. You're here to make a joke. We're all making jokes. Oh my! Actually, I have to tell you, this is like, I was so proud of this. So I was at. I was at one of the clubs I work at in Chicago recently, and I was, like, one of the only women in the lobby at the time. It was a bunch of, like, straight white dudes. And I convinced them that it is true that when bisexual women see another woman that they think might be queer, they look at them and go, are you, and then, like, this. And, like, that's how we ask each other if, if, if the other person's queer. And they were like, oh, my God, I never knew. That. They, like, they believe me. Like, they fully believe me. Like, that's how two queer women, like, try to figure out if the other one is queer. He's just, just a limp wrist. We just look at each other and go, are you limp wrist? And like, that's <laughs> acceptable. So I can't wait for them to like meet a bisexual woman on like an app and take her on a date and then like say that shit and she never talked to them again. I think it's going to be so fun for me. Or they're like on a first date and she goes to like get the waiter and it's a limp wrist like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh my God. What am I doing here? This is not the love of my life. She wants to date the waitress. She wants to date the waitress is a new hit single brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's like a very, it's got like a very growly, like 80s rock, like, she wants to date the waitress. What am I doing here? <laughs> this is actually just a writing session that we are inviting other people to witness. Yes, thank you so much for being a part, everybody. Um, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything else cool that's happened to me recently that I could tell you about off the bat, but how have you been, Ryan? I've not, like, seen you. I've talked to you online, but I've not seen your face in quite some time. It's Literally, the last time I saw you was probably Decatur, Illinois. Um, I'm also repping our school you're milla killing it go big blue i'm sorry we went to the same college uh if you don't know us if you are somebody who didn't go to college with us who listens to this podcast uh jamie and i went to college together had a wonderful time doing musical theater things i'm sure we'll get into it later um jamie is now a wonderful wonderful comedian touring currently kicking ass making tiktok vids making people (laughs) laugh yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, actually, it's like I feel like it's funny because the TikTok vids, and I feel like anybody who's ever done TikTok would relate to this. I feel like as soon as I stopped trying and mm. just started doing stupid ass bullshit, my TikToks were like amazing. Like I would put all this effort into like I'm gonna write a song, or I'm gonna do a sketch, and like nothing, and then it's just me talking to a camera saying like a dumb one liner, and people are like, "Oh my god, we love this." I'm like TikTok, you, you sly mistress, you sly sly mistress. But no, yeah, I've been on the road i'm kind of back in chicago a little bit more this month i know next month and in december i'm hitting the road again well like tentatively it's like i have some um weirdly for me i i got called in for some theater projects so if i get any of those i'm not gonna i'm gonna have to cancel or not cancel reschedule my Mm -hmm. tour dates um because it's like the things i got called in for are things that i would definitely be interested in sticking around to do. I can't say much because I'm still waiting to see. And it's a, it's just, we, it was weird to like put together an audition self tape for the first time in like, I want to say like four to five years. It's been oh, since wow. I've done an audition. Yeah, I've not done, I've not really done anything theater. Kind of since I started doing stand up, I think I really got like I, the bug bit me, so to speak. Mm. I was like, I want to be the fucking best at this. And I feel like that just like kind of took a lot of my focus, but. You know the right, the right thing pops up on your email randomly. You're like, oh, okay. Well, let me figure out how to do this again. Well, Jamie, when did you uh, realize that you were a performer? Oh wow. Well, honestly, my mom doesn't like to admit this, but my mom is definitely a stage mom. We were put in dance class. <laughs> I've been in. Da- I mean, I've been in dance cl- class since I was two. Which, if like any of my dance professors from college were to listen to this would laugh at because I'm not a dancer. I'm not a strong dancer, but dancing was what I did before anything else. My mom had us in dance classes. And then um, my mom says I used to perform part of your world, which is also funny because we went to Milliken. I used to perform part of your world in a living room. And there was this time my mom tells the story of like the power went out in our house and I was singing part of your world. And when I sang the last note, like, you know, normally where the wave crashes, the power came back on. That is Matt. So you're a witch. Yeah, I'm a witch. And my mom was like, I think that I need to just support her doing this because obviously like there's something magical about this. My mom taught, I mean, my mom will talk about that all the time and it's a little embarrassing, but it's like kind of, kind of cool that I like the coincidence of that is very cool and confirmation that I'm a witch. So there you go. So you're just like a witchy dancer uh, floating around, making people giggle. 
that's that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm going for. Making you giggle until you actually. There was one time this girl at the at the at a bar in Chicago was talking trash about me, and I was like, really, just like a anno- like I, she was talking trash at the other end of the bar as if I couldn't notice or hear her, and I just kept thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck this lady, and then she lost her phone, and she came up to me and she accused me of stealing her phone, and I was like, I didn't steal your phone, but I did like wish ill upon you, and now your phone's missing, so that's kind of fun. Um. <laughs> that's so bold. Oh gosh, so you're. You're dancing and you're bringing back electricity into into your house, and then you realize I want to capitalize on this. Well, so what after? So then basically, kind of from there. So I like I'm singing in the house. I'm really into singing, but my older sister. So my older sister actually is an actress in Chicago as well. She didn't go to Milliken. Um, her her path was that she you know she got her GED and she went to Chicago and just went right in right into acting. Um, which has worked for her great. Like she's represented by a really good agency here in Chicago. And she actually like helped, had to help me a lot with a lot of these like auditions I've had to send in recently. I was like, can I zoom you and you'd be my reader and just like make this be good. Um, Cause she, like she has a lot more experience with like film TV stuff than Mm -hmm. I do. Absolutely. But so she started doing community theater shows and like the way it was is like growing up, my mom says like, we had this weird, like, we kind of, like, despised and were rivals with each other, but also, like, I wanted to do everything she was doing, and it annoyed the shit out of her. Yeah. Like, typical, I, like, like... Yeah, it's like Angie's, sibling like... stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, Angie's auditioning for the play? I want to audition for the play. And Angie was like, oh, for fuck, like, can I have something that's mine? Like, can you just mm-hmm. let me have something that's mine? Like, that kind of a energy. So, yeah, like, my sister had auditioned for a Christmas story at the Chicago street theater in Valparaiso, Indiana, where we grew up. And then I auditioned too. my sister got cast as the lead role. And I was one of the extras. And then after that, it kind of just like jumped off from there. I think that we were like, from that day forward, we were always the both of us like acting and things. And then I definitely like was more so when she got older, she was more into like, ser- like legit serious acting, like Shakespeare and wanted to do film and TV stuff. And I've always been like, had the musical component um not that angie isn't like angie's an excellent singer as well i just think that like that was something that was more appealing to me than her mm, yeah. um so yeah and then i threw it all away and started doing stand-up because <laughs> i was like this is cool yeah i'm interested in that so you we went to college together we could talk about college uh and then you got a second degree in musical theater yes well, and honestly, I, f- I feel like that second degree might have been, like, the beginning of the popcorn kernels popping, so to speak. Mm. Like, it did, like, because when I was in Glasgow, I did a few, there was a place called The Stand, which was, like, a, a stand-up comedy club in Glasgow. And they had open mic night, and I would go there. But I would just get, like, it would just be, like, my my alter ego in college, for anybody listening who doesn't know me in college, my drunk alter ego was Tiffany. I would just get drunk and be, like, ridiculous. So in in Glasgow, it was really just Tiffany taking the mic, ranting, like, very Miss Maisel. You know when, like, Miss Maisel goes up for the first time and it's, like, some of it really hits, but some of it's a fucking mess? Like, that's – I didn't really put a lot of thought or effort into it. It was just, like, oh, this is something fun to do when I'm not at school. So that was what I was would do there. And then also – um part of the master's musical theater program is that you have to write a 30 minute cabaret. So it's like, you basically, the way they describe it is like, you have five stories that lead into five songs. And it's like the classic story arc of like exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, resolution. Like that's how you set it up. 
and I did that and I got to work with this really great Scottish artistic director named Dougie Irving and he very much encouraged me like whatever you do when you leave school please keep writing because a lot of what you have to say is way more interesting than the characters that you're going to be playing in the modern musical theater world he's like just being honest with you you're going to be the moms and the aunties and like the grandmas like that's that's what's been made for you so I encourage you to make more interesting stuff because like even just this cabaret alone you have more interesting things to say and I think that that really stuck with me so then when I got to Chicago it was like I literally like landed after my master's and the next day Trump got elected. So that's just kind of like where we were at. Yeah. And so I'm like, for, for like the first six months I was commuting from my, I was living with my parents. So I was commuting from Northwest Indiana, like basically an hour and a half to two hours to get into the city, to go to these auditions, to be told over and over again, Oh, we can't wait to hire you when you're 30. Which is funny because like now I'm almost 30, but like at the time it's like, it's devastating because it's like, I've done these two degrees. I have all this training. I'm ready to work. And you're telling me you have nowhere to put me because I'm not five foot two and kicking my face. Like that, that sucks. Like that really sucks. So I, absolutely, I made my own show with the help of the prop theater in Chicago, which also like, I think that (laughs) when I tell this story, I'm like, oh my God, I'm embarrassed at how ballsy and like kind of overly confident I was but I basically went into this theater that develops new work in Chicago and I was like look I know you don't really know me but I have this idea for a one-person show and I just want you to hear me out and the guy was like I really hate one-person shows but I really like you so what's your idea and so I said well I want to make this one-person show it'll be kind of like a cabaret so I like you know parody songs that already exist and I explore like can you explore the, the the basically the main theme like can you make a hoe into a housewife like can a hoe be a housewife and he was like okay I like it but I want you to write the music and I was like I'm not a songwriter and he was like we'll try and if it doesn't if, if it doesn't come to anything then you can use the found music but I want you to at least try because then it's your project you own the whole thing you could do French festivals with it. Like, you own it. You could license it. If you're using other people's music, you don't own it. So I was like, okay, cool. And I, like, went home, and I started trying to write the songs. And I wrote all the songs for Wife Material in, like, a week. Wow. Because somebody gave me permission to do it. And obviously, like, lyrics change and, like, things change. But, like, somebody gave me from Yeah, like, honestly, like, just somebody telling me, like, hey, you are a songwriter. Just try. Was, like, for some... And, like, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to... But Milliken... As a, as a university very much is like, this is our program. This is what we teach you. And this is what you, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have somebody tell you like, no, you're more than just a musical theater performer. Like you can create something, you can do this. I believe in you. And if you, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I want you to try like being given permission to just try was incredible. Well, and it's revolutionary in, especially if you've just been doing school back to back to back, we talk about this kind of quite a bit on the podcast, but it's especially in programs where you can be cut at any moment, which was how Milliken was when we were there. There is no, I'm 19. I, while I have all these creative impulses, it's not crazy for me not to want to try because you're telling me if I try and I fail and I'm seeing with my own eyes, other people try and fail and they're cut and their whole thing is gone. And Besides that, I mean, we're just, like, too young to be in those programs in general. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, it's the same, same thing for so many people, myself included, somebody actually looking at me and saying in a positive way, try this, you have good ideas to do this, as opposed to, you should probably write something because there's nothing that exists for you and not giving you any permission is revolutionary. It changes people's lives. It, it absolutely does. And then it's like, so then I guess I'm trying to, so like, so that all happens. So getting to the standup, what happened then is I have this, I have this one woman show that I've been developing for a year and I want to pack out. I only have four performances of this show. There's 50 seats in the theater. I want to pack it out. So I start doing my, the songs from the show at these variety shows in Chicago. And a lot of the variety shows have stand-up comedians on them. And a lot of the stand-up comedians are white men talking about porn in their dicks. And I'm just like, this is not funny to me. And I don't feel like it's that original. I feel like a lot of people are talking about the same things. And it kind of just like made me have this like little, like was this sort of irritated, like, I want to take this shit over from the inside feeling. Like I was like, I want to see more people who, th- who think like me and look like me and even like, don't look like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to see more difference. I want to see less white men that are straight and more just like different people doing this. And I'm like, if I make an effort to do this and do it really well, then I can like reach down and, and pull other people up so that they can do it as well. It's kind of how I felt about it. And I remember I texted my friend who was already like an active stand-up comic in the Chicago scene. I texted him like, weekly for a month being like this is my joke idea like would this be a good idea for a joke and he finally was like jamie you need to just go to a mic like just go to a mic and try your stuff and i went to like one mic in january of 2018 and that was it for me like i just kept going and honestly like when i first started a lot of people in chicago thought thought that my shit was hack they didn't like that i was doing music um, I think a lot of them thought that I was like going for things I wasn't ready for too soon, just because like as a theater major, I've always been taught like you submit for shows, like you just submit, you submit. And so whereas like in Chicago, there's this energy of like, you don't submit, you let them come to you for indie shows. And then for club shows, you submit, but you only submit when you're really, really ready. And then you keep following up. So it's like this, there's like a weird discord in terms of what's acceptable and what isn't expect- acceptable. But anyway, long story short, I like stayed committed to my vision and it's finally like right now it's finally working out, I feel like. And it's been really exciting because people who used to kind of like not even acknowledge me when I walked into the room are now like, oh, hey, what's it? And it's like, it reminds me of like, it's very, it, it, it's stand up and theater are so different, but it's so similar in that like, as soon as somebody has something that they can bring to the table or like something valuable, then we're going to start being nice to them. And that's, I'm just like, I feel a certain way about that, but it's like, y'all do you. I see you though. I see. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it, it's like, you can't fault someone for wanting to get people with a certain type of clout to do their material. If they're, if they feel lower than that person. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, if this person has such and such many followers and they post about our project, then like I can see the numbers. Mm-hmm. I get that. I do too. Yeah. It, it just gets annoying and gross when it is done in a way that doesn't bring up people that you work with well. And when you bring up people who, or you just ignore emerging talent as like an option. I'm not saying everybody has to like, you don't have to do unknowns all the time, 
but you should, as a performer, as a creative, in my mind, as you're in these spaces, start to create a network of people that are your people that yeah. you want to work with, yes. that you want to make things with, because <laughs> that's how you see these small pockets in Hollywood or whatever, where you're like, oh my God, those four people have made like six movies together. And it's like, yeah, because they started together and they developed a rhythm and a quality that was desirable yeah. and they they weren't doing it in a like well this person is really famous on instagram so i hope that they come to my show yeah it's like i think it's like when um when when i i've really kind of started to tune in and notice when somebody is treating other people as a means versus an individual yes like like if I really try to like grow myself with and grow with people that I really respect as individual artists. And I really want to like showcase and highlight what they're bringing to the table. And I just really enjoy them as people. I think that I can tell when somebody is, is using other artists as a means to an end. And it really has always been something that I don't mess with. And maybe that's the Midwestern in me. Maybe it's like the nice Midwestern, you know, treat everybody with with respect and, and love and caredness. But it's just like, it's just so yucky to me. I'm like, because if, if you, like you said, if, if, if these four people started together and they built this bond and they come up together, that's going to be so much more valuable what they have to bring than that surface level. Oh, I'm just vibing with you because you have something you can give me mm -hmm. rather than looking at like what can we build together what can we create together like how can we lift each other up rather than like what can you do for me I just yeah it eh, I can tell when it's happening and I like I'm not judging like everybody has their own way of doing things but for me it's just it's never been that it's like I want to build like meaningful relationships with the people I work with well and for people like us who grew up in theater like the thing and the reason why initially we got into it was because we're like oh I went and did a musical and now I have like six friends and yeah. like <laughs> these six friends also want to do the next musical with me so I'm just gonna keep doing that and like as we grow up and as we you know start to make money from what we're making like that changes and that impulse changes but when when you go back to like why do I do this it's like, oh, yeah, because I enjoy making people laugh and I enjoy finding other people that make me laugh. And if we can all be on the same mic together, then I'm going to have a great night. And it's like, I'm going to I'm going to name drop. There's a comic in Chicago that I, I love working with. Her name is Mo Good. If you're listening and you are not familiar with Chicago comedy scene, please look up Mo Good Comedy. That's her Instagram. She's, she's one of the funniest people in Chicago right now. And I did a show with her at Laugh Factory like a few months ago. And she was saying, she was like, I love the show tonight because everybody that was on the lineup was like a really high energy, fun vibe. So it was the kind of thing where it was like the host set the bar here and then the next person had to do this and then the next person had to do that. And it just keeps building and building and building. And when you have that rapport with the people you're working with and, and are working with really talented, really good people, they put you in a position where you're like, oh shit, I'm scared to follow them. But also like I'm motivated by following them because I have to meet and then top their energy so that the show continues to be better and better and better and it's like that only happens i feel like in environments where everybody is like good vibes like you could i mean you could because there, there are some clubs that i work and i walk in and i feel immediately judged and like i'm on trial and that is not like i do i still deliver but it doesn't feel 
as enjoyable as working in a place where I feel like it's a vibe and everybody is on my side and we're all just here trying to make everybody feel good. Right. That's weird. That's a weird world. It is a weird, wacky world. Well, Jamie Schreiner, you are a creative, a singer, a loving person, a witch who can bring back the power of electricity by singing part of your world. And I just have to ask you the question, why are you like that? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Why am I like this? Okay, so... I do joke about this quite a bit in my, in my act. It ends up being about like a good chunk of it, but I do believe I am like this because I'm a middle child. I think that that's why I'm like this. Um, because, and I don't like, this isn't a joke I think in myself, but it's like, I, you know, like I have my older sister had a lot of, of traumatic events going on for her. And my younger sister had a lot of, um, really severe, issues as well and so I was like I'm just gonna keep my head down and be funny like I'm just gonna stay out of the way but then also like in an effort to like keep my head down work hard and stay out of the way so my parents could deal with everything that's going on with my sisters there comes this like this desire for attention because it's like because yeah. I'm, I'm like I don't want to take your attention because I see that they have a lot going on but like also like I would like a little bit of attention but then it's like it becomes a lot of attention when you think of like theater show choir all that stuff driving um, your car into a starbucks driving my car into a starbucks yeah rest in peace my dad was uh man that's like i, I mean those of you guys who, who don't know my material or my life i um 
I didn't get my license until I was 22 years old because I hit a Starbucks when I was 17. My mom was in the car with me, and in a classic Pam Schreiner move, she's like, well, we came for coffee, so I'm going to go get my coffee. So then when the police <laughs> officer came, there was no parent with me. And I was driving with, like, I just, the thing is, like, when you just get your license in Indiana, you have to have a parent in the car with you for the first six weeks or something. So then I just get my license taken away because there's no adult. And my mom walks back in the car. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, uh, well, they just took my license. So are you going to drive the car home? My mom was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, you can't just, like, leave me when the cops are coming. Like, I hit the Starbucks. Like, you can't just leave me. Ugh. And, like, I think also just, like, a lot of the, like, I, I think that, like, in an effort to, like, not be in the way, because I think that that's, like, any middle child who listens to this, I think, would agree with, like, because there's a lot going on with your your siblings on either side of you, you try to just stay out of the way. So I've always been such a busybody, and I think that's why I've pursued so many different things. And it's also part of why, like, the pandemic really taught me I sometimes need to just, like, slow down. Like, I need to give myself time to take care of myself, because I feel like I I get way too... For somebody who's who's in such a vain and self-serving industry, I get way too worried about caring for other people and and providing for other people that I don't take care of myself. And mm-hmm. it's um it makes me funny and fun and delightful, but it's also like I'm going to burn myself out if I don't take time to reset and and really ask like what do you want in this moment? Like what are you what are your goals here? Like what would you like to achieve? Um yeah, I mean, my, my middle childness, I just, the the one, the thing that really comes to mind is we decided as a, as sisters, the three of us, we were going to do a little video as a, as a surprise for our dad on his birthday. And I think I was maybe like six at the time when we filmed this video and everyone had their, their thing that they had planned. Like my sister was going to do a dance. My other sister was going to do a song and a dance. And I was going to sing Journey to the Past from Anastasia. This was supposed to be my time my moment i'm you know i'm i'm center of the of the of the camera and i'm singing my song and both of my sisters not just one both of them start dancing in front of me and like taking my moment <laughs> and i just scream cry i'm like this was supposed to be my song and like that's me like that's me in the nut like it's like i i try to stay out of the way i don't want to like I don't, I want to be humble. I want to have, but it's like, when it's supposed to be my song, this is supposed to be my song. Like you don't take my song. You're like, I set aside this time. It is mine. I've given you a lot. This is all I asked for. Yeah. All I, like, it's like, you have your, you guys have your moment. You get to do your once upon a December dance. You get to do your out tonight. Cause my little sister did a dance to out tonight from rent. So if I was six, she was four doing a dance to out tonight from rent. So <laughs> we need help. We all need ex- in- immense. We, there is not a, there is not enough help for, for what we need, but I like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's my thing is like, I'm, I'm very, nice and lovely and funny and fun but it's like you're you're gonna get the cunt real quick if you try to dance in front of my number don't it's, take it's my, my number. time don't take my number that's mine do you feel the need to be on a lot yes which i think is why i have to do mental health days because i think i'm um i'm an ambivert personality if anybody knows what i'm talking about it's basically like um an extroverted introvert mm-hmm 
So what that means, I've, I've learned a lot as I'm getting older and like been in more therapy is that I am an introvert, but I've always had to exude extroverted tendencies because of like the situations I've put myself in. But it's like, um, I only have so much gas in my tank. So it's like, I can do people, I can do people and I seem really extroverted and I seem really cool, but it'll just hit a point where I, the, the switch just flips and I am no longer there. Like I mentally leave and need to, like, I have to go at that point. So that's why I, I really try to like, you know, with, with how much I'm having to interact with the public and people doing what I do, I really try to make sure like my off days, it's really just me and and my husband, Tom and our pets. And I really try not to like go much outside of that just because, yeah, I have, I have an intense limit to how much I can handle me around other people before it makes me just anxious. And like, I just stop being fun to be around because I'm just not comfortable anymore. I think we all kind of like show that when we're young and like drinking heavily in college, like that's Tiffany, you know, that's how Tiffany appears. That's how I, I didn't have a name, but like I blacked out every third week, every third day. Um, You know, like it, it's just like when you're in those pressure cooker, cooker situations and you don't have the words for it. You don't really have the expression for it. You don't know, what it is but you watch your friends like have this other person take over this other entity take over and you're all performers in certain ways and it gets just like fucking weird yeah and as we grow up it's fun to check in with people and be like excuse me do you still do that is that still a thing is that still a part of you like yeah i mean it's like for i feel like i i don't know about you i well actually no i saw that you are sober now which is amazing i don't I, drink i still yeah. like smoke and you yeah know, but, but that's yeah. sober from alcohol that's incredible i like i'd say for me it's it's more of like a i just i just don't really drink to excess except for like very specific situations i will like turn turn up like i did in college but i can't i can't really do it anymore and like definitely like a lot of people assume comedians drink a bunch because like free drink tickets at shows. Like I, I really will not imbibe unless I've already performed. Hmm. Like I can't drink and do comedy. I have to be on for that. Um, but yeah, I even think of like somebody from like, I, I think of like there are people, cause I honestly, from my class in college, I only really still keep in touch. I only still keep in contact with PJ. Uh-huh. PJ and I are still very close. I see him all the time. Also, Ryan Armstrong, um, li- like he lives around the corner from me. And actually, it's funny because R- I feel like Ryan is better friends with my husband Tom now than me. Like they hang out <laughs> like buds all the time. They're so close, and like like Tom calls him Rye Rye, which is Aww. like just so endearing and nice. Yeah, and then Shaylin, mm-hmm. which was again Shaylin and Ryan weren't in my class, um, but like from Milliken, like those those three are the closest friends I have like in the city and then of course I'm still really close with Susie but Susie's in St. Louis so it's like it's you know I don't see her more than a couple times a year um but yeah I do remember like from college it was just like I think I would really start drinking when I was like no longer comfortable Mm -hmm. that's what it was and so it's like there were a lot of situations in which I wasn't comfortable and so I would get really really drunk and then I I remember like I I confided in a friend at Milliken I forget who I said this to but I was like I almost feel like, like, if I don't 
drink all the time. Like if I don't have this fun party girl personality, then like, who, who am I? Like I've, I've developed this identity at this school where like, I'm this fun party girl. So it's like, if I'm not that, then like, is anybody going to want to be my friend? And turns out like, if you're listening and you're still in school or you're still experiencing that phase, like, yeah, you will figure out who your real friends are. If you stop drinking as much, like you, you will really figure out like your real friends are the people who want to get breakfast with you on a Sunday morning, Mm. like not brunch, not like, boozy brunch like people who want to go get breakfast at 10 a.m that's your friends like that's people who like love you unconditionally full stop no matter what so i highly recommend if you if you really want to like you know um have a more peace of mind and like take care of yourself in in a more sincere way then yeah take a little break from drinking and kind of just get your ducks in a row and see see what it goes yeah it's like it's everyone's journey it's definitely like something that I I had the same thoughts I stopped drinking when I was I guess 28 um and up until that I literally was like I don't know if anyone will text me to go anywhere if I stop this um, and New York City is like kind of it's a it's a unique city in the way that none of us drive, none of us like. So it, my relationship to alcohol was never actually healthy because I was in Decatur, Illinois. We walked the ten minutes around campus. We didn't go anywhere else. So like I never had to worry about getting in a car. And then I got to New York, and like it's kind of the same thing. I'm also a man, so I have those privileges, and like felt fine walking around blacked out, like there are just things that I never learned how to temper it. So I I would have that same kind of thought process where I was like, oh, my thing is that like, I'm the person you'll text because I'm always down to go. I'm always down to drink. I'm always down to start a party. And like, you can still be the person who's down to have a good time without ripping shots at 10 a.m. Yes. And you can also live a whole life that's happy and great ripping shots at 10 a.m. as long as you don't hurt anybody. Like, you could do I that. I agree. Yeah. I, and, and for me, like, honestly, the reason why I really had to, like, reevaluate my relationship with alcohol was honestly, like, because of my own personal safety. I got myself into a lot of unsafe situations as a woman because I was too intoxicated. And a lot of people like, I'm so glad the conversation around it has changed. But I remember like, if if you think back to even like 10 years ago, when we were still in college, like, if you got too drunk, and something bad happened to you, it was very much like, well, you shouldn't have gotten too drunk. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't agree with that. I absolutely don't agree with that. However, it's like, you, you get in situations like that, enough times then you're like well i'm just not i'm just not gonna get drunk around strangers like i'm just not gonna do that because i don't know what's gonna happen which is terrifying it makes me kind of yeah it makes me kind of sad that that's like to say out loud that that's why i stopped but ultimately like that's why i stopped especially like especially doing stand-up comedy like i i have really close friends and people that i love and adore that are stand-up comedians but also like stand-up comedians sometimes are some of the scummiest most self-serving dark spirited people you've ever met so it's like i just don't want to be in situations 
where I'm drunk with people I don't know. Like, yeah. That's just kind of for me what it came down to. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. It's everybody's journey. What's your favorite thing about being a queer person? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, there's just so many things. I just like, I'd say like just understanding, like, I feel like there, there's just like a whole catalog of like cultural references. And it feels like, like when I meet other queer people or like when we get to talking, it just feels like we're like our own vibe and our own language. And it's just like, it's just all love. Like I know, I, I feel like the, the, most recent time I can think of is there's a show at the Laugh Factory that happens monthly called the Sachet Show, and they specifically only book um, queer comedians. Mm-hmm. And just like being a part of, like being in the room and being a part of that, and just like some of the jokes that I do, like we'll hit with regular audiences, but like how hard they hit when I was up on that stage, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm very queer. Like, like these people love me. They like are really you know, getting down with what I'm saying. So it, it just, I'd say it just like feels like being fully seen and accepted, like being in a room with other queer people. It's just like coming home. It's truly magic. I was actively dancing last night with friends and I turned to my friend James and I was like, I love being gay. And he goes, you've said that to me so many times in the past year. And I, I was like, yeah, I do. And it's, it's, more than like being attracted to men because that's really not my favorite thing about being gay it's it's that I was in a bar dancing to hey now hey now this is what dreams are made of dance remix with a bunch of other people who wanted to do that when they were kids but couldn't and we get to now and like there's just there's also a power when you're like I have this joke I have it written down it's a great joke, but I know in this house I have to explain it. I know yeah. in this house I'm gonna have to be like, okay, well, and this is what like this is this is and da da da. And when it ju- when you don't have to, it's magic because you're like oh I could just free flow and talk. And then I've been on a few mics when I would start, and I would be like oh my god there's another gay on the mic what i it wouldn't even be i my immediate mind would be what if we say the same shit you're never gonna say the same shit straight people never think that you're never gonna like (laughs) but i was like you couldn't possibly it's like and honestly when you say that it's like it makes me sad that we think that way because i think that way too but it's like it it makes me think of like i i just saw a meme it was like a squid game meme and it was like, it's like, it says comedy show lineups. It's like, we already have an elderly man and a woman. So the rest needs to be all men. It's like, no two women are going to say the same thing. No two queer people are going to say the same thing. Like that's, I mean, and that is why we need more diversity in lineups at stand-up shows. Because like having one woman or one queer person be the representative for every single queer person that's in that show. Like, no, no, there's so much more out there than what that one person has to say. It adds, it makes your voice too powerful because yeah. I'm not speaking for all people who are like me. I'm speaking for me. What is like, I'm a very unique, like I'm a bisexual married woman who's in an open relationship. Like that's a, it's a very unique, special thing. And I'll be honest, like it's, it feels great when other set, when other bisexual 
married women who are in an open relationship would come after me after shows. They're like, oh my God, that's my experience. Like, I feel so seen. Because it has happened. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, there's more than one of us. We do exist. Um, and we're out, you know, we're out here living our best lives. But it's like, um, yeah, it's it's like for, for me to speak from a place of like, oh, I'm, I'm bisexual and I'm married and I have this partner that I love, but we also like to date other people and have other people be like, oh my God, me too. It, it's so validating. But it's also like so fun to get up in front of, people with the same experience because they're going to, they're going to laugh so hard because they really get it. Um, but then also like, it's funny as like, as my demographic, I think of like the other day I was, um, I was like hanging out at the laugh factory after a show and I got to talking to this, this other bisexual person and we were cracking up about the fact that like, we both think Ash Nico, the artist is so hot. And we were talking about like, cause I'm like, I I'm seeing Ash Nico in November but I've only heard like one of her songs. I just think that she's she's very attractive, and it would be a fun show. Uh-huh. And I'm like, when I say that out loud, like I sound like a gross man, like because a man would totally be like, oh yeah, like you know, Doja Cat. I only know like you know, Juicy, but she's fine as hell. So I'm going to the con- like I'm like that's what I did. Like that's essentially <laughs> what I'm doing. Like I'm essentially doing the same thing that a gross straight man would do, but like Tash and go. And we were both saying it's like, yeah, but when a woman does that to you, you're like, okay, like. Oh. I'm interested but like if a man that you're like yeah, like if does. a man were to be like oh Jamie Shrine I've only heard one of her jokes but she's hot so I'm gonna go to the show I would vomit all over myself but like but an attractive woman money. says that yeah so I'm like okay take, I'm gonna take your money but like if, if, <laughs> if an attract if an attractive woman was like I'm coming to see Jamie Shriner because I think she's attractive and I only know one joke I'd be like mm-hmm. and it's like it's um it's it's a very uneven dynamic and it's not like yeah i it's hard to and i feel like not, i can't speak for all bisexual people no but some of the bisexual people i've spoken to especially bisexual women we laugh because we're like it's so like it's at least our experience of like we're like ew man but we're like oh my gosh a woman thinks i'm pretty ah! like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like years of expectations and patriarchy and uh you know subverting things and i'm sure there's a book about it um yeah i'm sure you I have a know. master's i don't so i i don't you know master's in musical theater all i got is like more still training and more oh you can play this role when you're 30 or oh i don't know if you're pretty enough to be that part i'm sorry i'm like now i'm being <laughs> a cunt again i was thinking about acting school uh i don't know what i was watching oh i saw david burns american utopia yesterday that's what i was watching and it was great and lovely storytelling but a lot of it is like actor school 101 walk around a room have soft focus or like look intently at a wall as if you're talking to someone and i was like if i boil down my education a lot of that is just how to look at a wall as if i'm looking at a person or how to walk around a room as if i can't see anyone like that's it just yep mm-hmm. yep you guys can't see me but i'm doing the soft focus walk <laughs> I'm doing the oh god, what is it called? Um, viewpoints. Yes, yeah. I'm doing my viewpoints. There you go. It's just it's a lot. <laughs> I'm doing my advanced movement. I'm doing my 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 methods. My many no, all of my I'm, methods. Every method. All, every method. You don't have to pick one method. Just do them all. That's the key. At the same time. That's the key. You don't have to pick a method, and that's what we're here to get down to on why you like this podcast. Well, Jamie, as we are winding down the pod, I asked this of all of my guests. Do you have any questions for me? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've said this on other episodes, but, like, if you could just, like, sum up in one sentence, like, why are you like this? Yeah, um, I'm like this because I am inherently interested in other people and afraid of being lonely. Um, so I do this to have real conversations with people that I think only have existed in my world um, when you're drunk in the corner of a bar late at night and nobody remembers it, but you wake up and you have that feeling of like, I got close to Jamie last night, but I don't really know why. And I was like, well, what if I just did those conversations and then I know why? I I think that that. feels better. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it feels feels, feels so much better. Well, it's like, it's funny you say that because I do feel like since I've stopped drinking as much, but everybody around me is still drinking a lot because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, comedy and people get free drinks. I'll have those conversations, like the conversations, like the one that we just had with people. And I'll be like, oh my God, like, did you ever listen to that podcast I told you about? And the guy's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, you were drunk and I was not. And now I feel like a freak. But it happens to me like a little less and less. It's been two years since I've been drinking. So like the people in my orbit, like, know that um it does get a little strange like when I was like out last night and like someone is making eyes at me and like wants things to happen and I'm like but you're very drunk and like I'm not gonna do that yeah you know it's just like those I'm still navigating I'm still figuring out how to be in spaces and still feel fun flirty and free without being that guy um but for the most part, if someone's going to look at me and they're drunk and they're going to tell me truths, they're going to be like, okay, I'm going to do this now because I know you're going to remember. And I'm like, okay. I think it's just, I don't know. I think I've just, through this podcast, I found uh, my communication skills have gone way better. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's great. It's a it's good like, time. Well, I've loved being here. I've makes it like, honestly, it makes me want to just like be a fly on the wall for the other conversations but that'd be kind of creepy like if you're having a conversation with another person i was just (laughs) just have your little square off in the corner yeah just watching i mean i i have listened to i think i listened to the episode with sean oh fun because yeah do you still live together no he moved in with his boyfriend but they live like four blocks from me so well tell him i said hi tell everybody everybody that you see in the next week i'll tell them all Tell them all I said hello. I do I do want to get to New York and do comedy soon. I just honestly, I'm scared, if I'm honest. But I feel like I need to try it I to mean, see how it would go. You have so many things already written. It's not going to be any, and you've been in so many clubs. It's not going to be any yeah, different. I think I put New York on this pedestal of like, they're going to be like, it's fucking garbage. <laughs> like, I don't know why that was. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I don't know. Uh... Yeah, every city has its own unique personality. I think as we grow and get more secure in the things that we're creating and you bring them to whatever space and the people that are gonna the people that are gonna find it lovely will find it lovely no matter what. Absolutely. Well that's the thing, it's like you right. You're right. I need to let it I need to let it go and just come, especially because I have met like three to five New York comics who are like, come to New York. They would love the music. Come to New York. I'm like, ah, I will. And also, I have so many people I know there that I haven't seen that I would love to see. So, 
That's it. I'm, I'm manifesting 2022. 2022. I'm going to make it to New York. I will be there. We'll all get brunch. 10 a.m. breakfast. Lunch. 10 a.m. breakfast. That's what I'm saying. We're not we're not playing around. We're not playing around anymore. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're doing this seriously. We can maybe have some edibles before, though. But like, okay. no, I'm, I can't. I, I feel bad because that's the thing that I can't do. I cannot do. <laughs> whew, I can't do it. I start thinking the, the universe is cracking open. Well, that's and... not not true. So, <laughs> it, yeah, as I'm saying, I'm just seeing the truth as it is happening in real time, and it's I don't like it. Oh God, oh Jamie, where can the children find you? The children can find me on Instagram at Jamie Triner Biddle. Uh, I believe Ryan and I follow each other, so if you follow Ryan, you can use ryan's profile to find me you can also find me on facebook jamie schreiner i'm on tiktok at jamie schreiner biddle and my youtube you can subscribe to it's jamie schreiner um go follow one or all of those because i'm gonna be posting some fun new content soon for the for the children to just suck up like breast milk so just <laughs> come on breast milk just, <laughs> just come, yeah well, seriously, everyone, go check out Jamie. She's very funny. If you are in the Chicago area, see her. If she's on any lineup, I'm sure you're going to have a blast. And if you're not going to have a blast, you chose to do that before you got there. So that's not on her. Um, and then, yeah, if you're in New York, check, like, follow me and just keep your eyes on 2022. I am going to come. I've said it now. I'm speaking it into existence. I'll be in New York in 2022. It's going out in Let's the world. get a flat slice of pizza. Hold it. And... Well, until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.